Hello and welcome to Well That Was Fun with Becca Buffoe. Got some new things to chat with you about today, so let's get right to it. Well, I bought a new condenser microphone with um, some of my classroom budget money to try and help with um, creating some how-to videos. I'm just trying to figure out really how to use it with the iPad because when I when I plug it into like the aux entry, uh, I don't think it's doing its job. So I'm gonna have to do a little further research to find out really how to use it in a way that will be conducive to the educational journey that I'm going to be taking with my students this fall. Um, our school has released its uh, brick to click plan, which essentially means that we are going to be starting off in school and we're going to be doing as much normal classroom style teaching as possible. And we're going to be working in pods, so grade levels. I'll be only exposed to one grade level for each of the two schools that I'll be at for three weeks at a time. And I'll be doing music and art at my younger school and art at my older school. So I'll only be exposed to two grade levels at a time rather than all six, which makes me feel a lot more comfortable. Um, and then I'll, I'll obviously be getting to spend a little more time with those students per week. So we'll be able to delve deeper into some content areas, but I mean, it's all going to look different. Education is definitely not the same. So I bought this microphone to help with that. I also bought a ring light that I'm pretty excited about, but it's on back order. It should get here probably the first week of school. Hopefully this stuff will just be some fun add-ons for me to use for technology in the classroom. Like I'll use the ring light to um, maybe light some of the students' artworks for photography for a virtual art show this year. Hopefully it won't be just me sitting in my home office. <laughs> um, I, I miss my students so much. So those are two new, two new little things that I purchased to help the school year go. very first batch of salsa yesterday and our house still smells amazing I could not believe it but our tomato plants are just producing like crazy and they're like bigger than softball size I'm so impressed uh, with the garden this year so I collected a bunch of ripe tomatoes and I was able to get um, 10 cups of broiled, peeled tomatoes, which uh, is enough tomatoes to do a half batch of salsa because our, our recipe calls for 20 cups. So I'm, I'm pretty, pretty stoked. We got, um, we got that going on the, on the stovetop last night and it was really fun to um, show Sweet Pea how to take the peels off. So we, we cored and halved the tomatoes, put them on a shallow baking sheet, put them in the oven, um, and we have one of those funny like blow around ovens, convection I think it's called. So we turned on the convention convection broil 
um, part of the oven and at 500 degrees and they sat in there for 12 minutes and I took them out and you're able to just like the skin just falls off you just take one of those little tongs and you just take it off from the top and it like most of them will have like a little bubble on top so if you're making salsa that's one way to peel your tomatoes that I found that worked really well the salsa recipe I started using in 2008 is from a family friend her name is Shirley Nelson and it's an old recipe that she's had for a really long time and it makes hands down the best salsa um, and you have to actually follow the recipe like one year we tried to do like a corn salsa and one year we tried to add extra sugar to make it more of a sweet salsa and then another year we tried orange chief tomatoes and yellowtail tomatoes bad idea don't do it don't do it follow the recipe do it like it says and then you water bath can it for 20 minutes because it's a high acid fruit um, product so it's just delicious I'm starting a new adventure I am officially a college student again which is kind of terrifying but very exciting at the same time so I've been taking graduate level courses for the past four years um, to further myself with professional development and make sure that my techniques and philosophies and educational practices are up to snuff. Um, I think it's always important to continue to further yourself um, so that you can do the best that you can for your students. So now um, I'm going through a cohort for St. Mary's University of Minnesota and it's being offered through my um, through my place of employment. I'm really excited to start, but I'm a little nervous because I don't know if anyone's doing it with me. So I don't know if I will be alone in my cohort. I guess we'll find out pretty soon. But I received the, the packet, you know, the, the dreaded packet of information where it's like, hey, you've been accepted and here's a map and here of, of our campus and here's your student ID and this is your email address and all this stuff. So that's really exciting. So yeah, um, I hope to be graduating May of 2022, uh, and hopefully by that time we can have a big party because how how fun would that be um, to just reach another goal? So this is a goal that I've been working towards, like I said, for the past four years. It's really been on my mind, and I've been taking courses that can be accepted into this program, so that's been really awesome. I have a, a great um, school behind me. Who's, who's really helping me along the way and and I have such awesome co-workers that are like you've got this girl you go and do it and you do your thing um, and what's interesting is that I could have started this three years ago and I could already be done because it's a two-year project um, and then it's a commitment of further time for our contract and I just didn't didn't know really how fast the babies were gonna come and if we were gonna decide to be um, like a stay-at-home family, have one adult working and the other one staying at home with the children, but um, I'm excited to start this journey, and there's a lot of questions that go along with it, but online learning works for me, um, and I know it doesn't work for everybody, and what's interesting is that both my sister and my brother 
and both of my parents all have master's degrees. I'm, I'm very, uh, oh, the baby is making some noises out there, I'm hearing. Her big sister is telling me. Um, so that's also going to be an interesting thing, doing this with the children, especially if we end up being more home this year. It's It's been interesting trying to separate myself um, when daddy gets home. It's really easy for the girls to go hang out with him and for me to have some alone time. So we'll see. We'll see how all of this works. Oh, she's crying for me. Well, I better stop recording then, huh? Let's go see how she's doing. August of 2020 and it's been an, an interesting year to say the least. I like to think of August as my month because my birthday's in August and so it's a transition month for a lot of people but I like to think of it as the best month of summer because it really you have to enjoy every moment of it. There's not a really second there's no there's no time to be bored anymore. You gotta soak in the sun and soak in that free time with your family. Um, so this year I've decided to make August all about good news. So anything that I've been posting, I've always been saying, hey, this is all good news, good news. So um, we have some, some good news for our family. We purchased a new vehicle. It's an SUV, a sport utility vehicle. And I always wonder, what are you supposed to call those vehicles? Because they're not trucks and they're not cars. It's just interesting to have a, a whole new section of something that doesn't need to be defined. Well, it kind of does when you've got a three-year-old because if you tell her like, time to go get in the truck, then she's gonna get in the truck. And for mommy's vehicle, it's always been a car. Let's go get in the car. And so now we've got this SUV and I think I'm just gonna call it an SUV. Um, it's an Equinox and it's a little bit older. It's a 2010. We did purchase it used from a private seller. What's cool about the seller is that uh, it's actually the family of some of my students. They were selling the vehicle and uh, yeah, picked it up from them and really excited to start that new journey with a new, new vehicle. recipe we've got for you today is this really good pork rib recipe. It calls for six pounds or two racks of ribs. Who's buying a cow? I don't know who's buying a cow. So we never use that much. Um, at most I'll have like two small racks that's like maybe it's six pounds, like three pounds each. Um, but so it has a dry rub and a mop sauce and there's this whole recipe. Originally, I got it from somewhere online. I'm sorry I can't give you the source because I truly don't remember it anymore. But the first time I made this, Swoopy was a baby and my dad was visiting. And it's just really, really good. So the dry rub goes like this. It's two tablespoons of kosher salt, two tablespoons of brown sugar, two tablespoons of black pepper, two tablespoons of smoked paprika, two tablespoons of onion powder, two, oh, sorry, scratch that, two teaspoons onion powder, two teaspoons garlic powder, two teaspoons of dry mustard, one teaspoon of celery salt, which we never have, so that's never in ours, and one teaspoon red chili flakes. 
so that is so good so you prepare the dry rub just by adding it all together whisking it all up then you want to remove the membrane from the back of the ribs yeah there, it's so good right so what we do it's yummy so and then we rub it on <laughs> we rub it onto the meat on both sides and we get it in the little all the little nooks and crannies of that meat then what you want to do is you want to cover it with plastic wrap and refrigerate it for a minimum of two hours this allows the meat to really soak in all of those good flavors it's so tasty yeah. Good with sugar. Oh yeah, we add some sugar. Yeah, we add some. <laughs> yeah. Sugar. Okay, so while that's Happy. waiting, can you stop? <laughs> while that's waiting, you're gonna go out and prep your grill. Make sure that the grill is all clean, guys. This is my life. This is my life. It's like an, a parrot on my shoulder. <laughs> everybody so then we're gonna make a mop sauce and this mop sauce you're gonna prepare right like maybe around uh, maybe when you're like 20 minutes or 15 minutes before you're going to make or before you're gonna cook the ribs and this includes three tablespoons of melted butter one cup of apple cider vinegar three tablespoons of soy sauce and one teaspoon of hot sauce so what you do is you prepare the mop sauce in a pan on the stove top to keep it warm until application. And you're going to you bring your ribs out to the grill. And what do we do? We you unwrap it from the plastic and you put it. Yep, and then you put it on the grill. Can you say that? Put it on a grill. Yep, you put it on the grill. You make sure it's all all good on the grill and then you take that mop sauce and you just brush it on. We have a silicone brush and you just brush it on. It's delicious. So good. Flip it or you cook it for, we've been doing about, what do you think, Sweet Pea? Six minutes. And then you flip it over, you brush it again. You want to keep brushing it, get that mop sauce all in it, all in the nooks and crannies. It's so tasty. Nooks and crannies. So what the actual recipe says is step five. Instead of grilling it, you're going to set your oven to 325 degrees. You place the ribs bone side down on a wire rack, set an aluminum foil lined baking tray, and you cook for 45 minutes. Then you lift from the tray and wrap in foil after applying mop sauce to both sides. Cook in the oven for another two hours mopping every 15 minutes. Um, so that's if you wanna cook it inside, like I said, we do it on the grill. The most important part is step number nine, let it sit for five to 10 minutes. Let the meat rest after you take it off of the grill. And then you cut up the ribs and you serve, and they are so good. If you actually ever try this recipe, let me know because I wanna see how good it is <laughs> communicated with my little parakeet on my shoulder talking right through the recipe. The last thing that 
that I wanted to talk about today has to do with school. Shocker! It's a teacher talking about school in 2020. School is the center of our lives, whether we're on spring break, summer break, Christmas break, whatever we're doing, believe it or not, we're thinking about our students, our classroom, what it's all going to look like, what can we do to be better at it, how are the kiddos doing without us, what's going on in their homes, you know, is so-and-so eating breakfast, Uh, this person is looking kind of down, maybe something's going on in their family, is grandma sick again, all of that stuff runs through the mind of an educator on a daily, if not hourly basis. Um, Even being, going from maternity leave into summer break, having that big chunk of time, I'm still thinking about these students and I worry about them and I pray for them and everything. So going forward, something that I've been able to do currently is going back into my schools, back into my classrooms and looking at the layout, looking at the desks. What can I move? What can I get rid of to create further space between work zones? Today I was at my three, four, and five grade school um, and we had to make the hard decision, the principal and I made the decision that I'm not gonna use my big tables for my art classroom. We're gonna use individual desks. And the reason why I have big tables is because it's conducive to cooperative learning in a different way. Um, They were in four different areas rather than in individual stations. And for some students, it's a stretch to be able to work with others um, working right next to you. Even if you're working on your own project, there's something about working at the same table, using the same supplies, understanding that sharing is important, um, being able to compromise on what you want to help another student succeed. And so it's just gonna, it's gonna be very, very different this year. Um, At my younger school, we're installing sneeze guards which is a partition made out of like a plexiglass, a clear acetate uh, panel that's gonna be on the table separating the student work areas. And I'm just, I'm sad that we have to do it, but I'm also very, very thankful and grateful for being able to work in the area that I do, knowing that if we're going back to school, we're gonna try and do it the safest way possible. This might mean that our brick to click version. It's going to look a little different. It might mean that, oh man, hey, we get to be in school all year. It might be that, hey, we're in school for a month and then we need to take a two-week break or, you know, it's just going to be very different. And I just ask for grace and understanding for anybody who's listening to this because you just don't know. You don't know what's going through the mind of an educator and so much of this is is working around what we're able to do, um, be it a budget or things that are passed down from an education commission or a school board or a building principal or even you know ha- ha- having to help our maintenance staff making sure that everything gets done that needs to get done. I'm in my sunroom right now looking at my door and I see that one of the caterpillars got out of the butterfly house. So... On that note, I will say goodbye and go deal with my loose caterpillar.